reduce the risk of redlining too early in the workout. Because this is one of those ones where if you come out of the gates too hot, there's no coming back from it. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Invictus Mindset Podcast. Today, we are talking week two of the Open. And I'm sitting here with four times CrossFit Games athlete and our coach leading the way with our in-house athlete development, Holden Ruthwell. Welcome to the show, man. What's up, guys? Very cool workout. We're seeing a repeat of 17.1, which is four time, 10 dumbbell snatches, followed by 15 burpee box jump overs and so forth. We can kind of go through the nuts and bolts of the workout as it, as it kind of transpires, but very cool workout testing capacity. What were your initial thoughts when we saw the release of this workout on Thursday evening? Yeah, honestly, we actually all thought this was going to be the week one workout. Okay. And then they, you know, dropped the wall walks on us. So we were stoked. Uh, all of us were pretty pumped when this workout came out. As you said, we did it back in 2017. So it's always nice to, uh, repeat workouts from, just obviously we've all, we've all done it before. So we have that knowledge base. So we've seen what people were capable of three years ago and we already have kind of our, our pacing strategies and tips, techniques, all that, all that kind of stuff already, already on the back burner. And then, you know, we fast forward to three years later and now it's just straight up test of capacity. Athletes know what it felt like three years ago. We know what you were capable of three years ago. And obviously if you stuck with it, if you, if you stayed competing now, it's just a, a test of will, you know, yeah, how, sure. how willing are you to go to that place to prove that you're fitter than you were three years ago? That's one of my favorite things about our athlete development team is like, it's not just Oh yeah, we did the workouts. So we have a little bit of experience with it, but it's also, we take the science of the workout. What are the movement patterns? What particular muscle groups are going to, you know, start to fatigue a little bit faster? What muscle groups are going to, you know, stay primed? What are varying ways to stay in the workout? So that way you can continue at a very, very high pace. And so as we were chatting about briefly earlier, there's 225 reps all together in this workout between dumbbell snatches and, and box facing burpee box jump overs. What does that mean with regards to pacing strategy for some of our high level athletes whose their goal should be to try to be under 10 minutes? Yeah, uh, we saw in the in the open announcement, I think Justin was like 10.01. He just barely finished over that 10 minute Shout mark. Shout out to Justin Medeiros and his mullet. Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, I honestly didn't know if anybody would beat him because of the, uh, the aerodynamics behind that. But um, <laughs> Yeah, he was just over that 10-minute mark. He set out on a blistering pace, um, and he really didn't drop off much. So we were, we all knew that that was going to be a very good score. Since then, we've seen some times come in that are a little bit faster, and, and typically you see that. You don't, you don't normally see the world record set at the open announcement. But if you really want to just break it down to a pure mathematical standpoint, if you average 22.5 reps per minute, that puts you on pace for that 10 minute mark, you know? Now, some of the reps are faster. Obviously, dumbbell snatches are a lot faster than the burpee box jump overs. But if you just break it down into a pure mathematical standpoint, and from even maybe a mindset standpoint, you just got to think of, oh, I just got to crank through 22 and a half reps per minute. You know, some of those minutes, you're going to go a little bit slower because you're spending more time on the burpees. But some of those minutes, you can kind of catch up on the other end with the dumbbell snatches. And I think we're going to see a lot of times. Uh, I think back in 2017, I finished it in like 1044. And I think I took around 70th worldwide. It was a, it was a good workout for me. I don't know necessarily. I don't remember what the, the fastest time that year was. I know it was like around 945 or so. I don't know how many we'll see 
faster than that. I'm guessing in the 9:30 to 9:45 range, we'll we'll see. We'll just see more times closer to that. Because at the end of the day, there there comes a point where you just can't possibly lose any shave any more time off of this workout. I just think we'll see more people clumped up at that lower lower time range for most of our athletes. Yeah. The elite ones were, were pushing for that sub 10 or close to, uh, the, the low tens. And then the majority were, were shooting for like around a sub 11, sub 12, a little bit different male to female. Oftentimes within CrossFit workouts, we see higher vol higher volume in the beginning and then descending a little bit. So you see the increase in intensity a little bit. I thought that was a little unique. We've had two weeks in a row with ascending reps. Yeah. Games. So that's you know, what I was going to say. Week one, we, we did more wall walks as you got more fatigued. And then week two, we're doing more dumbbell snatches as, as the workout goes on. Now, obviously this is a repeat workout, which is a great test retest, but I thought that was unique, especially in a three week open. I could see it maybe in like a five week open. We have a couple workouts that are ascending style rep schemes, but really, if we're looking at it, the, the elite level athletes, those dumbbell snatches, that's not the workout. The workout is purely the 75 burpee box jump overs Mm -hmm. and how you can pace through those effectively and efficiently based on your fitness level, Uh you know, not losing too much time because you can lose a whole lot more time on burpee box jump overs than you can on dumbbell snatches when everybody's going to go unbroken. You know, none of, none of the elite level athletes are going to set the dumbbell down. Yeah. So just to give context, the, the workout in totality is 10, 20, 30, 40, and 50 dumbbell snatches. And in between each round of dumbbell snatches, Athletes are to perform 15 box-facing burpee box jump-overs. Do you think it the, the subtle shift in standard on the dumbbell snatches plays a little bit of a role here? Because in years past, we had to exchange the dumbbell past eye level. This year, they kind of removed that standard. And so I feel like the dumbbell snatch became a little bit more mindless. And athletes could really push the capacity of the workout and push the intensity a little bit and not have to worry so much about the logistics or the movement standard as much. Yeah, any I mean anytime you have less rules, you're able to go faster because it's just less to think about mm-hmm. and you can just let your body do you know, do what it's capable of doing. So yes, I think it will make a slight difference. Is it going to make a major difference? Probably not. You're still going to see the elite level athletes. There's not going to be any passiveness when it comes to the dumbbell snatches, regardless of where they have to transition at. They're going to punch the dumbbell at the top, and then it's going to be a pull back down. You know? mm-hmm. You're not going to see those high-level people that are in the, the 9.30 to 10-minute range letting the dumbbell kind of float back down. If you think about it, over the course of 150 dumbbell snatches, if you do that and let's say it adds you know, 0.1 to 0.2 seconds per, per time, you're adding potentially up to 10, 15, 20 seconds over the course of that workout. So you're not going to see those 9.30 to 10 minute, 10 minute marks having any passiveness when it comes to returning the dumbbell back down to the ground. You'll see that more with like the 10.30 to like 11.30 range. Mm-hmm. And that also, I mean, when we look at biomechanics of, of the low back, adding time under tension on the eccentric or the lowering phase of the dumbbell is obviously going to blow up the back a little bit more. You're going to have that gentle rotation at the bottom with it only being a single dumbbell. What are your thoughts on, you know, striving to counter back fatigue or some of the things that we'll see, not just from high level athletes, but also from some of the recreational athletes looking to attack this workout? Yeah, I I think we saw two kind of different strategies with the dumbbell snatch in the announcement. Sam 
typically tended to be a little bit more uh, straight-legged. Sam Quant. Sam Quant. Yeah, he tended to be a little bit more straight-legged. We didn't see quite as much bend in the knees, whereas Justin, it was almost like a pseudo-squat mm-hmm. for a lot of his reps. Obviously, when your back gets fatigued, it just becomes, you know, survive and, and get through, do what you got to do. But from the 10, the 20, and the 30, and even into the 40, he he had that pseudo-squat, which I think is going to save your back. Now you just have to have that, you know, high level of capacity that he does because your legs are going to get fatigued jumping and landing on the box and, uh-huh. and stepping back down or, or jumping back down. So there's, there's two kind of different strategies with regards to your lower body when it comes to the dumbbell snatches. When it comes to the approach on the burpee box jump over, we saw some athletes stepping up from the burpee and then a two-foot takeoff to the box. We saw some athletes jumping forward. Which strategy do you think serves people well with regards to consistency and trying to maintain you know, the, the utmost pace on the burpee without falling off too much with the enhanced volume accumulation. Yeah, so we put out a, a tips, and, and tips and tactics, I guess if you want to look at it that way, video for this workout. And in the workout, we had kind of a couple different strategies that we talked about for the burpee box jump overs. And at the end of the day, it kind of just comes down to picking the strategy that is the most effective and efficient for your fitness level. If you're a bur- uh, burpee guru like Chandler Smith, who I swear the floor is a trampoline when he, <laughs> when he hits the ground, um, you're going to jump, jump. Or even Kristen Holta. I mean, she's a, she's a freak when it comes to burpees. People like that, it's going to be a two-foot jump up out of the burpee, a two-foot jump onto the box, and then jumping over the box and turning. And, and you'll even see them with that almost quarter turn as they're jumping onto the box. Yeah. So they're, they're limiting the amount of rotation they have to do once they're back down on the ground. You're going to see those, I mean, they're going to be in that you know low to mid nine-minute range doing that. Now, not everybody is as efficient at burpees, and especially if you're a heavier athlete, like we saw this with Sam, Justin's just a lighter athlete. He was able to do that jump quarter turn and jump off the box for the majority of his burpees. Whereas Sam would almost do that power step up out of it, do a gather step for those of you who ever played basketball, jump onto the box. And then it was a, it was a quarter turn when he jumped and a step off the box, Mm -hmm. which is what I think you're going to see the majority of athletes doing in order to reduce the risk of redlining too early in the workout. Because this is one of those ones where if you come out of the gates too hot, there's no coming back from it. It, it all comes back to knowing yourself as an athlete. If you're, if you know that, you know, coming out of the gates hot and you're able to sustain that pace when it comes to burpees, like, Hey, more power to you, go for it. I would say the vast majority of people are not in that boat. It needs to be not methodical to the point of slowing down, but methodical to the point of, of just being smart, not blowing up too early. And then having some left in the tank to hammer that, that last 50 snatches and 15 burpees. I mean, really that's the workout right there. A lot of people can lose time on those 15 burpees after the 40 snatches because they're worried about the 50 snatches coming Mm -hmm. after that. I love that you mentioned that. What are your thoughts on really striving to be present on the station that you're at, right? It's very easy to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to get through 10, 20, 30 real quickly on the snatches. But in reality, that's, that's only 60 snatches and you've got 90 left to go. And so what are your thoughts on like, you know, you obviously want to be present, but you also want to pace appropriately for what is to potentially come. How do you kind of play with some of that mindset chunking and what advice do you have for athletes there? Being in San Diego, we've had the, the fortunate pleasure of working with many people who have served as, as SEALs, gone through the, the, the whole BUDS crucible and, and all of that. And I think the one common thing that we hear from all of them 
is not focusing on the big picture, but it's focusing on the next task, the next, next evolution, the next, you know, the next small, like basically taking your whole day and breaking it down into small chunks, Mm -hmm. small bits of time. And you can almost apply that to any workout you ever go through, especially in a workout like this, where on paper, you're halfway through the workout, but in time you're maybe 30 to 40% in. Mm -hmm. And I, I think athletes that have a tough time staying focused on just the next rep, the next rep, the next rep. And they're looking at like, Oh crap, I have the 40 after this. I have the 50 after that. Those are athletes who are going to struggle in a workout like this. For me, when I go into it, once I get to that 30 and I know I've got the 40 and 50 left, I'm just breaking it down one rep at a time, or I'm even going further than that. And I'm breaking the 15 burpees down into, you know, a, a, a six I'm doing, I'm doing six. Okay. Now I just got to get five. Now I just got to get four. And for the 40 dumbbell snatches, I'm going, all right, I just, I'm going to go for fifth. I'm going to get 15 first. I'm going to get 15 second. Then I only got 10 left before you know it. You know, you're, you're breaking it down into smaller numbers as opposed to focusing on 40. It's really easy to finish the first rep of the 50 dumbbell snatches and be like, Oh shit, I have 49 to go. Mm-hmm. But if I'm like, all right, I'm going to hit one with the left, one with the right, one with the left, one with the right. Before you know it, you're 10 in and you're like, oh, I'm going to do that again. I'm going to do that again. I'm going to do that again. And for me, I think I talked about this on the, on the last podcast. I'm really weird about the math that I do. And I knew that, okay, doing the 30 snatches, I only have to do seven on each arm, then five on each arm, then three on each arm. You know, that gets me to 15 on each arm. That's 30 snatches. Well, when I get to the 40, I just have to add in one more set of five. Mm -hmm. And then when I get to the 50, again, it's just one more set of five. And doing that, it keeps you, it keeps you checked in and it keeps you focused and, and engaged on the, on the, the piece that you're working on, not focused on what's coming down the road. And I think that's a huge mindset tactic that I've taken from the people that we've worked with that have gone through things way more difficult than a 10 to 15 minute workout. Yeah. I I think that is really the nuts and bolts of a workout like this. I think your ability to just start right. And then it, it becomes after that, the power of negotiation, you're negotiating with yourself of how to break down the reps in totality. So it's like, if you've done seven, you're like, Oh, well, I've clearly already done seven. I can do five per arm. I can do three per arm. And one of the things that I think we saw a lot with athletes playing with this workout yesterday was they were amazing on the, on, on the first bit of the workout, but then they lost the ability to negotiate with themselves on the round. They, they lost, they lost that ability to have a narrow focus. Yeah. They, they got, they got a, they got too broad of a focus mm-hmm. and, and we talked about this last night. If you break once on those dumbbell snatches, you can tell yourself as many times as you want. I'm only going to set it down once. You set it down once, I guarantee you it's going down again. Yep. And then it's going to go down again. And you see that, and it's almost like the floodgates open. Yeah. Um, and we you had gave a, yourself the option to put it uh-huh, down. When in exactly. reality, one of the things I think we there is no about, option. It, the dumbbell's option. too light. It's For a sure. 50 and a 35. And I can guarantee you, if you are a high level athlete, that you are not going to fail one of those dumbbell snatches. Yeah. It might hurt. But it's just like I talked about last week. I mean, I finished this workout yesterday and I, you know, sat down for, you know, three, four minutes and then I was fine. Yeah. You know, I'm a little sore today, obviously, and, and that's going to happen. But am I, am I struggling by any means? No, I was fine five minutes later. And, and it's just being able to, to fight through that moment of your body wanting or your mind wanting to win. Your mm-hmm. mind wants to tell you to stop. But it's capable of so much more than than what it gives itself credit for. Yeah. 
I also want to tie in the, the concept of the power of pause. If you do find yourself wanting to put that dumbbell down, pause for a moment. Have that check-in with yourself, realize that you're okay, and then continue cycling. Because you and I both know the moment that dumbbell comes down, your perception is, oh, yeah, I'll just take a couple of breaths. That bleeds. Oh, yeah. that's a, I mean, you bleeds. set the dumbbell down once, it's a 15-second loss of time. For sure. Easily. You also lose your rhythm. You lose the stretch exactly. reflex, loading the hamstrings from the top down. Like, there's a... There's a whole slew of things that can sneak in at that we, point. We talked about that in the in the tips video. We talked about like, okay, if you if you feel like you're starting to struggle just a little bit on the dumbbell snatches, take a half second at the top. We talk about it with thrusters all the time. Yep. Don't set the barbell down. Don't set the dumbbell down. Just take a second at the top. Take maybe a half breath, an extra breath or whatever, and then bring it right back down because just like you said, that stretch reflex and the rhythmic movement of a dumbbell snatch you get more benefit from continuing the movement than from stopping and having to start it all over again. Yeah. And for us, we're probably going to see thrusters next week. So for for those of you listening, remember that tip right there. Hold that bar overhead. Take a breath for a second if you need to. And then load your body from the top down. That's a great piece of advice. What are you thinking with regards to, you know, stance? If you widen your stance a little bit, you can limit the range of motion a little bit. It may change the biomechanics of you know the squat pattern that you mentioned or the hinge pattern may become a little bit more of a sumo hinge. But what are your thoughts with regards to stance on the dumbbell snatch in ways that athletes can you know, cut a few seconds or shave a few seconds off their time there? Yeah, I don't know if that's going to make too much of a difference because at some point it becomes like – Okay, are they just skirting the standards or not? Mm-hmm. For, I would say, the vast majority and probably all of our athletes here, we take that just standard, slightly outside of hip width, almost like your squat stance. And that's going to be, I think, the most powerful and effective. You start widening it out too much more and you lose that dynamic hip movement being able to propel the dumbbell up overhead. So I think, I think that's probably your, your best option is to essentially be in the same stance as you would be to jump up onto the box. You're going to you're going to be you're going to be there. Very cool. Who do you think is going to have some of the top times out there? Don't I mean Chandler already posted 932, I think. That's wow. going to be that's going to be tough to beat. Yeah. There's always someone that comes in kind of out of the woodworks and and posts some crazy time with with a workout like this that is just so burpee focused. Mm-hmm. But I I can't see too many people going faster than that from a male standpoint. Females, I can because the box is four inches shorter. And if you've got someone like like we mentioned, uh, Kristen Holta, who's just insanely good at burpees, she's going to post a really good time on this workout. Now, yeah. I can see I could see the top female time being faster than the top male time in this really? workout. Really? I think so, just because the box height, it's just going to make – it's almost like in football, you know? Inch, it's a game of inches. Mm-hmm. And, in, and in this, in a workout where there's so many elite level athletes that are basically pushing the, I guess, realm of possibility, those inches are going to end up making a difference. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you cut four inches off the course of 150 reps, you know, yeah. it, it's going to make a difference time-wise. Overall, I would say you're going to see more male athletes towards that top time, but I could see a female athlete posting the top time. Yeah. I, I think that's a great, I could be completely wrong too. I mean, I could, I could be completely wrong on both ends. I, I mean, mean, I could definitely see the, um, the point that you're making. I also would argue like the fast stretch reflex on the push up. like guys, honestly, like someone like Chandler Smith, mm-hmm. the bottom of his burpee, like you mentioned, like a pogo. And like, we watched Eric Carmody do it yesterday. And like, mm-hmm. he's like a pogo as well. It's like, 
the explosiveness of the push up where it's like just bouncing off the chest, the, the midline and the thighs just right back up was so, so cool to watch. Very cool, man. Well, I appreciate you, you spending some time with us. Last thoughts with regards to this workout and advice for, for athletes looking to repeat early next week. First things first, make sure your back is okay. If you're, if you're sore at all going into that repeat, odds are you're probably not going to get a faster time. I think most of our athletes, their backs are, their low backs are pretty lit up today. I'm, I'm a big advocate of not repeating workouts unless you absolutely have to. So if you totally crap the bed, for lack of a better term, on this one, then maybe have that conversation with yourself. If you are going to retest it, don't set the dumbbell down. If, if you fail, if you fail a dumbbell snatch, if you are, if you are a high level athlete and you fail a dumbbell snatch, you can, you can message me and say, you told me so, but I don't see anybody who is in that, you know, looking to be a, uh, a semifinal or a games level athlete ever failing a dumbbell snatch. It's just mentally, you know, Absolutely. so don't set the dumbbell down, pull it back down. We saw athletes that were a little bit more passive with returning the dumbbell down to the ground. And we saw athletes who pulled the dumbbell back down to the ground. And I think that can make a difference when, when it's coming down to just seconds at the end of the workout. Yeah, that's great advice, especially given the nature of the open this year, how 10% move on to that next level. If you are potentially going to redo this workout, I would highly recommend that you're doing it for the right reason, right purpose of like what Holden said, holding on to the dumbbell, developing that mental fortitude. If you're doing it to shave just a couple seconds, it's It's just ego based at that point. Exactly. At the end of the day, if you're looking to be, uh, we get a clean slate at the end of the open going Mm -hmm. to the quarterfinals, right? If you're okay, maybe you had a rough workout or whatever, but if you're here in North America and they take 10% of athletes, isn't it like 5,000 people or something like that? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even us retired dudes are still, are still potentially in that top, top, top 10% range, yep. give or, give or take. So if you're, if you're worried about that, take a look at the, this is a good time to take a look at the big picture and realize like, okay, I'm, I'm totally fine where I'm standing. I'm in the top 2%. You know, maybe I just didn't have a good workout, but I want to redo it for ego standpoint. Like it's, is it worth it at that point? It's probably probably more not. important to lean more into getting an optimal training session in versus. Fully, I fully compete, agree compete, because, compete. because quarter, the quarterfinals are going to be here before you know it. And I mean, why, why spend your time worrying about a workout that you're not going to see again this year when you can train through the open and potentially peak at the right time? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Guys, remember Power of the pause. Pause at the top of the dumbbell if you absolutely have to. Don't feel like your, your breath or, or the fatigue of the workout allows you to, to be panicky and make a decision that you're potentially going to regret. The pain of suffering is always way better, way better than the pain of regret. <laughs> Hang Amen. on to that dumbbell. Good luck, guys. Holden, where can people find you? Where can people find some of the tips and tidbits that you and our amazing Invictus Athlete team are sharing? Yeah, we post all of our stuff on just our uh, CrossFit Invictus, um, both YouTube, Instagram page. So those social media things. Uh, For (laughs) me, I'm just Holden Rethwill. Everybody always gets confused because my first name is actually Wesley. So everything from like a a legal standpoint. So when I first signed up for my level one, I mm-hmm. signed up as Wesley Rethwill. Mm-hmm. And so now it's just like, that's my name in the, in the <laughs> CrossFit games world slash like leaderboards and things like that. But yeah, just holding Rethwill on 
basically just Instagram. I don't do, I don't do, I don't really do much social media. I'm pretty bad about it. If you want to see cool pictures of my baby and my dog and stuff like that, go for it. Um, but as far as like all of our tips and stuff like that, yeah, just hit up the CrossFit Invictus or, or, um, shoot us a message at, I believe it's info at InvictusAthlete.com and, I, I also could be butchering that. So, T, no, CJ, don't get mad at me for that. <laughs> there it is, guys. We'll be with you weekly, uh, heading into week three, coming up next week. Hang on to the dumbbell. Check us out at CrossFit Invictus, both YouTube and Instagram. And thank you for being with us today. If you've been enjoying our tips, tidbits, and our tactics with regards to open strategy, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you guys so much for being with us on the Invictus Mindset Podcast. And as always, stay on the hunt for who you've not yet become. Take care, guys.